What's up all you motorcycle enthusiasts and welcome to the V-Twin Life here on YouTube. We talk motorcycles powered by those V-Twins, what fuels our passion, why you enjoy it so much. V-Twin Life is brought to you by these two great companies, Crash Ink Clothing and Wild Ass Seats. Hey, you want to add some comfort to your ass when you're out riding, whether you're a 400 mile guy or maybe a guy that's pushing a thousand plus or female rider for that matter, hey, check out wild-ass.com and add some comfort to your ass. Can't forget Crashing Clothing, that Northwest brand out of the Pacific Northwest. Hey, these guys got a lot of great stuff from t-shirts to hats, raincoats, you name it. Hey, they can get you covered. Check out CrashingClothing.com. Now, let's dive into another milepost of the V-Twin life. What is up, everybody, and welcome to Milepost 62 of the V-Twin life. Tonight, we got the great Whit Mesa. You know, a lot of us think that we do a lot of miles. We ride a lot. And then you can read Wits Maze's social media and she will put you to shame. Oh, a lot of us. <laughs> hey, it's true. I mean, I thought I would do good. And then it's like you read some, it's like, holy cow, I got nothing. <laughs> but I still don't feel like I have nothing compared to a couple. Like, there's a handful of people that I just look up to that and ride insane and insane miles. So I it got is. two years under my belt, maybe. That's it. So true. We also got to give a big shout out to uh, Route 32 Riding Gear New Hope. He's one of the newest sponsors of the, of the, ugh, I can't even talk. The V-Twin Life. There we go. I'm a little tongue-tied myself tonight. It's been a long weekend, but a good weekend. Great weather. So guys, you can check it out down in the description. I have put my affiliate link. He's got a lot of great stuff. So hey, feel free to check it out. Use that link. Support a small business and also help support the V-Twin Life. So let's let's dive into this. So uh, when did you find motorcycles, Whit? Mm, I think probably about a year after my husband and I got married. So about 11, 11 years ago, I brought him into a dealership one day and said, let's just look. Just want to take a peek. And we ended up leaving the dealership with a bike, gear, whole nine yards, and didn't have a motorcycle license to our names. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> We jumped head first without thinking thinking about it, but that was that was mainly my push. So probably about eleven years ago, but we had the bike for about a year and then was expecting our son, so we sold it to kind of go even on the loan. That was that was the end of that. And yeah, a good so boss. What was the first bike? It was an 06 soft tail night train in oh, like nice. black cherry color. It was all blacked out. It was low enough to the ground that my husband could ride it, but then I guess still small enough for me that I could feel a little bit comfortable on it. But the first turnaround in the parking lot when we got it home, I dropped it. And ever since then, my confidence just <laughs> was minimal after that. But yeah, that's what we had for our first bike for about a year. So did you get, you know, get much riding in and enjoy that and before I had it to go bye-bye? So we split it. So I would take it to work. He would take it to work. We would take it together on like date nights or to the movie theater, frozen yogurt, those type of things. But we never really adventured outside of the city that we were in, most likely. Um, and then because of me being pregnant and the bike just sitting, we decided it's time to kind of part ways for that. But the minute it left our driveway, we instantly regretted it. And I think I was... I really wanted something, but I kind of waited it out at least the next like five or six years before I decided to really truly jump back in. And so which one got you back into it? 
Did you have your sights uh, set on a specific bike, or you just decide let's find what I what's in the budget? Found there was um, I had a friend of mine. His, her husband was putting together bikes just for the heck of it, and so he had an old Honda that he was willing to kind of um, redo for me in like more of a cafe style. So there's a Denton Moto out in Texas that has the had the exact same bike that I was looking at up here instead. So I got a 19 like 70s ish Honda CB. I think it was a 400 twin or something like that. That was my introduction back into it, but um, <laughs> it needed a lot of work and it needed a lot of patience and time to put into it to do this stuff. So we decided not to not to go that route, sold it to somebody in Chicago. And then I um, found an 03 Sportster, which is the one that's currently sitting in my garage. So the 100th anniversary edition, 883 was nice. my probably my first official official bike that is still living here for the next it's been three years four years now is right before i found out i was pregnant with my daughter so <laughs> there's that there's always these roadblocks there's a theme here <laughs> there's a pattern I think going the, on i think the pattern is what we don't want you to get a new bike that's what <laughs> yeah, i'm hearing officially done, yep. yeah yeah <laughs> but, yes. I love the colors they did on the 100th anniversary. Mm -hmm. The black with the, the silver pinstriping. Yep. That's I've pretty much what them. sold me with that bike. There was a gentleman um, a couple of cities away. He had bought it um, and then had his son ride it. But his son was, uh, I guess, too large, too tall for it. Wasn't comfortable on it and decided to sell it. And so I scooped it up. And now it's been mine for the last three years. I had a friend that had an Ultra it was the 100th anniversary and he dinged mm -hmm. up one of his emblems and you know call her hey i need to get you know i need a new emblem and they're like no <gasps> it's uh really? you take it off you send it back it's one for one exchange you can't buy oh. new ones you got to send them back and they said that's the only way these ones go out and he's like wow, i had no okay. idea that's, that's awesome. what he was told and that was i mean that's been probably 15 years ago but okay. yeah he found out when he was doing some work and he foobarred when he's like well crap okay i mean no he way. got a new one but he just wasn't expecting to have to go through with that route Mm -hmm. Well, I have the whole windshield has the emblem on it. I have an extra like key that has the 100th anniversary edition, the cover for it. Like he had everything that could probably go with that bike for sure. With that, So yeah, that was so, my selling point was pretty much getting, getting that Harley and getting it within budget. Cause I needed to yeah. find something that was, I couldn't, we didn't want to take out a loan on it. We learned our lesson the first go around. So this yeah. was, this was my my safe safe thing. <laughs> and they're fun. I mean, especially if you can do it that way, you know, you can find something that you don't have to the debt for it. It's just mm -hmm. little. It's a nice feeling, I guess. In the end, it is. That's the way we bought my husband's too. So he had up until about two months ago, he actually sold his bike, but he had an I think it was an O2. Technically, it's Harley branded, but everything but the frame is Harley. So it's technically doesn't have an HD VIN. Um, it was created by an old Harley dealership in like the Madison area. It looks really cool. It's a fat boy. Um, but yeah, he, he sold it this last couple months ago. It's going more of the overland adventure style with his trail boss truck instead. So yeah. That stuff's fun too. Mm -hmm. But it was, he had like 18, 18 or 20 inch apes. 
like eight fingers on the oh, butt. Oh, sweet. So I finally, had, like, the first year he had it, I didn't just, like, I didn't want to ride it. I'll just ride my Sportster. But he pushed me about 2020 timeframe, right before he left to do military training. I got on his bike and, um, yeah, it was comfortable, but like, not, I don't think I could do long distance with that bike for sure. That was one that I'm like, no, this is just a ride around town and that's it. <laughs> yeah. So what, what got you into like the long distance and, and wanting to get into, you know, the iron butt side, you know, the IBA. So over 2020 timeframe, they had a women's motorcycle conference and I was introduced to Wendy Crockett. Um, I'm not sure if you're, if anybody's familiar with her, but she won the 2019 iron butt rally. So she was going over like, long distance endurance like what to pack how to prepare for it my mind was like this is an option like I didn't even think that this was I thought it was racing or dirt bikes and just like cruising I didn't really realize there was a whole long distance endurance side of it so that's what kind of piqued my interest and once I got dove into the iron boat website I saw all of these like quote-unquote challenges or rides and I like lit up like a Christmas tree. I was like, this, I can, I can do this and I can do that and I can go right out here. So it opened the floodgates for sure for, for me. <laughs> and that's because pretty much of her, and I, I let her know that that was the reason why. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So what was so your, I, where was your first ride to your first iron butt? So I would assume you did the, the iron butt, uh, the bun burner 1000. Right. Yep, I did it on the Sporty. So 883, I took around Lake Michigan. So I'm close to um, that. I could do a full loop around Lake Michigan. So I started near the Appleton Oshkosh area, went all the way around, had to go all the way up to Munising to add up a couple more miles to get to that thousand. And that I did in uh, pretty much June of 2020. That was my first Saddle Store 1000. It was, I barely made it. I had a lot of, uh, Phillips with that peanut tank. It was like every hundred miles, oh. it was stopping for it. <laughs> that would be a challenge. Get that. Yeah. But going over the Mackinac Mackinac Bridge over in Mich like one end of Michigan to the other end of Michigan, that was fantastic. Cause right at sunset, it was so so flipping cool. But then it got dark and very interesting <laughs> with limited gas stations and all of that. But it was worth it. I loved it, and I was hooked since then. Now, how many have you done total? Uh, Can you keep track of how many total like IBA rides? Officially, I have the saddle sore from 2020. Then I did a saddle sore out from like here in Wisconsin out to Babes Ride Out in June, early June. And then I did the 48 and 10 at the end of June. And then um, this over January, I did the 50 cc, so coast to coast in 50 hours or less. So officially, I have four logged on the books. I love how you went to Babes Ride Out to get the mileage and get your oils changed. I'm like, you're just not right in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get certain miles on the bike in order to um, hit the services that they needed to. So I was like, you know what? All right, let's just do a whole. So I kind of made a backtrack up to michigan i did went to hell michigan because a lot of people mm -hmm. like to go there so i went to hell just to see what it's about and then i went to um all the way out to new york by the end That's of the night awesome yeah this one <laughs> now the 48 and 10 you actually end up doing that eight days correct yes yep on the uh 2021 pan america for harley so, so what'd you think of that ride i mean did, we'll break that up in two sides the ride yeah. and then so what'd you think about the pan american 
Um, I loved it. I had no idea, like, I didn't get a chance to ride the bike or any of that before. I pitched this pretty much to Harley as an option that I kind of left it up there. But the minute I jumped on, I was so instantly comfortable on the bike that I was like, yep, I can do this. This is, this should be smooth sailing. So yeah, it was, it fit me like glove, which is, which is awesome. Completely stuck. There was nothing added to it. I, they added the hard panners and the tank bag. But other than that, they linked up my Garmin GPS and I was off. So. Was that a special or is that the standard? The special. Yep. It was a special. Did you have the, the, the seat lowering or the, the suspension? Yes. But the only time I stopped was gas stations. So I had it in the tall position the entire time. So every time that I would actually get to the stop, I realized I was like, well, oh, I'm a lot taller than I need to be. But I was tiptoeing it for that. <laughs> How's the self-adjustment work? I don't know. I just put gas in it. I don't stop. <laughs> well, the for the week. When did the 10K service when I did my, um, when I was like, through my route halfway through they put it back in the low position and i was like 500 miles into the next day and i was like this i am not comfortable like something is completely different and they put it in that position and i knew right away that it was not where it was needed to be it needed to be in that taller one so yeah now it's one thing to do i mean a lot of people set out the 48 and 10 is a challenge in itself doing a 48 but when you do it in eight days that is that's flat out fucking impressive. I was like, it was eight days and like some odd hours, like almost officially nine, but not quite to that extent. So I averaged about a little over eight, yeah, about 900 miles each day. And I wanted to give myself some breathing room just in case something did happen and I had to make up ground. I'd have that additional day to do that. Like I didn't want to kind of just cruise and see different things. Like I wanted to get done what I needed to do for hitting the states. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I remember last year uh, I remember reading Riot had did that for Mile Monsters and it was like mm -hmm. eight days, 22 hours. Yep. I know he was so close, but he's like, you know, like you, he had that goal. I want to do it eight. And mm -hmm. I think he had some little minor mishap and it, it came close to going nine days, but it's like, holy cow, it's just it's awesome feet to see, you know, you set a goal. Okay, 10 days. Sure, a lot of people can do it. Well, I shouldn't say a lot, but there's a list of people that have done it. Now, let me elevate myself, and I want to be just a little bit better. And it is I could awesome. have done it faster, too. So that's where I'm like, I knew that like, you, you could easily get it done uh, within like a six or seven day mark if you wanted to try to do that. But that would be really pushing it for the sake of So where, where was your starting point on that? So my starting point was the southern part of Wisconsin. Um, okay. pretty much into, um, Illinois and that was it. And so I ended up in Vermont the first night and then the second I was down in Alabama, almost Florida, then over to like Kansas area, I believe into Colorado, Nevada, up to Washington and then Iowa pretty much, I think. <laughs> it all blurs together after a oh, couple days so i could imagine days. those are my days and then i officially ended in iowa and then i had a full day to just get back to wisconsin the next day what's one of your favorite memories from that trip mm, i think i was out in like pretty much going straight north nevada up to um through Washington. Like I wanted to do Lolo Pass, but I didn't get a chance to make it, but I was out there. It was 
early morning. The sun was rising. It had been about like in the 50s. It was beautiful, but I was the only one on the highway and I was the only one for about like two or three hours with just like endless amount of like, I don't know, just mountains, like things that I'm not used to seeing out in Wisconsin. Like we get the mm -hmm. Northwoods and all that, but like just the vast openness of it all and just being the only one out there was, it was an awesome feeling. So like that's where, and then out in Washington, Oregon area, Oregon, Oregon. I don't know how to pronounce it. I got people, you know, people, I'm from Wisconsin. No worries. Accent. So there's, it's heavy and strong, but I loved being out there and I wish I had more time to just explore there because I've never been out to that kind of, that coast. There's some beautiful areas out here for sure. I mean, mm -hmm. but I think, you know, everybody where we all live in different parts of the country and we all have those gorgeous areas and, you know, we all, that yep. we all want to try to find and I think that's one of the great things about about this podcast and doing this is meeting the other people and hearing their stories and their rides from their area because you know we all enjoy where we live and we all have the great scenery and it's neat also then you, you hear like you know yourself talking you're out in the northwest and you want to mm -hmm. explore out here because it was you know it's a it is a beautiful area too and it's I don't know it's really neat stuff like you know I enjoy okay. to hear and share different perspective and so i i love there you go ride, and i wanted to ride i want to ride that entire highway coast too eventually that's on my that's on my list especially after yeah the 101 and the the pacific coast highway mm -hmm. yep absolutely so what'd you get for what do you think the mileage was on that pan american doing that <laughs> so they uh, it was an employee demo bike. It had about 200, less than 300 miles total on the bike before I picked it up. And when I brought it back to the service department in Milwaukee, it had just shy of 15,000 miles. And that was in less than five weeks, less than five weeks, almost a full month. 15,000 miles. Can you imagine the poor person that bought that bike? I don't even know where it's at right now. Oh, that's that's, yeah, well, I won't get on that ramp. But, when yeah. I, because I checked in with them in September, so I finished it in June, early July was my time frame for it because it was the longest time of like daylight for the year. Mm -hmm. um, but I checked in with them around August, September, almost October time frame, and it was still sitting in service waiting for parts. So I don't know what it's at, but I keep searching Cycle Trader, like hoping to find some bike that has 15, 16,000 miles on it, but who knows? What What'd you get? What was it getting roughly, do you think, for fuel mileage? Uh, when I was out in the um, like Montana area, it was not up to what I had originally planned, but 250, I would kind of push that 300 limit, but 250 for sure was okay. kind of my, my max for gas stops. Wow. That's doing better than my ultras. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I really went, I really dropped down under that 200 mark when I was out like elevation wise and all of that. You could really tell I was pushing it a little, probably too hard, but yep. The gas yeah, station, you know, I had every single gas station planned out. Like I knew which one I was going to be at. So when I was getting close to him, like, oh, shoot, I need to fill up before you even get to that one. That's where it was kind of alarming. But yeah, 250 is what I maxed at. Jeez. I remember doing, I was on a ride and I was doing that. I had, you know, my gas stops mapped out on Google and I pulled into one where I knew I was pushing the mileage and mm -hmm. I mapped everything on Google maps. Come to find out it was still under construction. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I ran out of gas on the highway on the freeway down by Idaho, Eastern Oregon, about Damn. four miles later. That sucks. 
I had the hardest what? time finding air. Like I had a low, low air pressure in one of the tires too when I was out there that I like every gas station that I would try to look at and find, I couldn't find a freaking spot. So I pulled into a business that um, some kind of construction or something like that. I was like, they've got all these trucks. Most likely they've got an air compressor or something like that, that they could fill up my tire. So that was an interesting. Hey, that's a good idea. That's always not a bad <laughs> I was but like, I, I gotta find something. It. I don't want to push it. It's not my bike. And I know corporate probably would not really like that if I didn't do that. So they were very, um, they were kind of con like a little confused that I just pulled into the driveway and asked them <laughs> for that. But they're fine. Hey, it works. Made their morning, right? Yeah. <laughs> you are something now a different. story. Someone yeah. has a story. You remember that time? Yep. That's too funny. Mm-hmm. But I would love it. I would do it again in a heartbeat. I wish that uh, the border was open so I could have finished and put Alaska on the map because it's the only one that I do not have on my um, 50 states of riding a motorcycle in. It's still hanging out there, but I'll get there eventually. So what's your next ride plan? You got a, an another adventure you're, you're thinking of for this summer? So just in January over my birthday, I did the coast to coast one. That's my big one for this year. I have a lot more camping with the kiddos, more staying at home this time, which I'm forcing myself to do, which kind of sucks, <laughs> but I'm sure there'll be something that'll come up that I can't say no to because once I get started, it hasn't stopped, but uh, I'm doing the heart of Texas rally happening very shortly here. So that's um, at the end of April. What'd you come in out of your time for the, the 50 CC? Uh, 40 or yeah, pretty much 45 hours. Dang. Yeah. So I, El Segundo, California, all the way to Jacksonville beach, Florida. Or, yeah. El Segundo, California to Jacksonville beach, Florida. That would be fun hours. to try. I wouldn't do it in January though. Like at the end of January, it was no. not, it was 20, I got dropped down to 20 in Texas. And Ooh. when I finished Jacksonville Beach, it was 21 degrees there. So I was like, oh. this is not this is not what I expected. Nah, I, I think like June, July. <laughs> that'll probably be a better option. And I would I probably would enjoy it more, but it was it was very cold. Very cold. I was thankful for rent like uh, I had a dear friend rent me her heating gear and I probably wouldn't have done wouldn't have completed it without it for sure. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you had heated gear because oh that would be miserable. I blew a few, so I rented through Eagle Rider. I had a Yamaha um, FJR thirteen hundred. So I uh, <laughs> didn't really read the instructions. Probably should have, but I blew the fuse to just the phone charger because it was way more amperage than what it was putting out. And I had to during the time that I was supposed to be resting, I had to pull apart the front panel put the direct like inputs for the heated gear into the battery, oh, fix the fuse panels. Like if I had to put my hazards on, I didn't have that option anymore because I had to switch fuses. I learned so much about that bike that I just was not <laughs> expecting to. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting start to start to that. But I'm glad I did what I did because I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been able to I probably would have, but it would have been very cold and very miserable. <laughs> You had taken out a lot of bikes, I know, when you had rented through Eagle Rider. If you were to do, I mean, well, that, I guess, answers the FGR, but if you were to look at a another bike that you want to try for the kind of riding you do, do you have one in mind? 
there's a handful. So I go off of what other long distance rally riders ride for their bikes. And so that Yamaha FGR was one because Wendy has it and another friend of mine, they swear by it. But I learned that's just, that's not the bike for me. I would have done the Pan Am in a heartbeat before it. But I want to try the Goldwing. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, just for the sake of like crossing it off and making sure that's not one that's a potential. And then also the BMW GS line, like um, anything like that. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot on my list, but I don't want to just go out and do a rental for 30 minutes or 20 minutes. I want to take it out for a full weekend, do a long distance ride on it. Like I did for the Yamaha FGR, even though it wasn't the most comfortable ride. I'm glad I did it. And I'm glad I learned about the bike and it's not one of the contenders that I would Con, like consider as my long distance rally bike, but just to make sure. Okay. That, you know, but yeah. Just go to when they have the international motorcycle show. It's a three day mm-hmm. event. Like I'll take it out Friday and just bring it back Sunday. Like I didn't know. I had no idea. I had no idea. Have two thousand miles on it. No. <laughs> bring it back. I hate it. <laughs> it's yours. You can have it back. No. Yeah, I took it four states over. I didn't really like it, so I came back. <laughs> By the way, your tires are shot. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fantastic to do. But. but no, you got a good point. I mean, you know, instead of, you know, just like your, you know, test ride from a dealer, you know, what you're going to do, you're really going to put the bike through its paces. You're going to know, you know, how you like the handling, you know, how it handles to your style of riding. And you're really going to learn the comfort when you're going that far, as opposed to just a yep. 30 minute test ride down the road. And just completely stock too. There's nothing added bonus to it to help any comfort. So they are going to learn yes or no. And that Pan Am was pretty much stock. I added some highway pegs on it and I'm glad I did, but I could have done without even that sake. So, yeah. Well, plus I think, you know, you go on just doing the test ride, but you know, you're doing this long distance, you know, you got, you're packing some gear, you're getting the bike weighted down and you're, Mm -hmm. you're getting into that bike's, you know, characteristics, I guess, in a way you could say more is how's this going to handle when I want to do some serious adventure riding, we're loaded down, and you know packed up for a good time and run it through his paces and see what you think of them and you know like you said check them off the list absolutely but you look at you know the bmw the goldwing i mean they are tried and true you know distance bikes and but everybody has their style everybody has what's going to fit them and you know just because it fits you know joe blow doesn't mean it's going to fit you no, absolutely not. So to each its own. But I don't want to yeah. just write it off and do a 30 minute ride and be like, yep, this is it. Like, it's that's right. not how it's going to sell me on investing into the bike because that bike will then have like if I can put it through that 200,000 miles or more, like that's what I would plan on doing for that bike. So I want to make sure I'm getting the bike that I really want. Yeah, right. So when are you planning on adding another bike to the collection? About two years or so, maybe? Whenever or? I can afford it. And the kids are not in daycare anymore. That would be great. Yeah. Did my taxes. And I was like, dang, how much money are we spent? Um, but eventually, yeah, within that two-year mark, I would like to, because ideally in my, my goal setting that I have, um, the 2020 three rally for the iron butt is happening. But I won't like I didn't enter in that one because I didn't have a bike that I was like comfortable. Like I could have beefed up the sporty and did something with it, but I'm not willing to invest in that much for that sake. So by, by the time 2025 iron butt rally rolls around, you can bet, bet your ass that I'm going to be um, putting my name in the hat for that one and hopefully being entered into that. So it gives me about a good three years to beef up my long distance resume even more and right from there. So 
Even I've read some of the stuff the IBA rally. It's that is a serious adventure. Oh, so like I am like terrified beyond my measures, but it's something that I know I want to do because I want to see what I'm capable of for riding. It could be like a uh, thousand miles for eleven days, like or you get eleven thousand, thirteen thousand miles. I think was the guy that won this year, but thirteen thousand or last year, um, with the rally, thirteen thousand miles in that eleven day mark. It's pretty incredible that they can do that so oh it is and then you look at like chris hopper last year when he did the hundred thousand in hundred days i mean that was going. amazing <laughs> it actually met he goes i, I really could have gone longer he goes but mm-hmm. i know you know he, he had, had to go to, home I think his, wife, his wife wanted it his home. wife was telling him mm, okay yeah. I, think <laughs> I enjoyed watching him every every day oh, that, that, that was an amazing you know watching his the spot wall and, and just following all mm-hmm. along on mile monsters and what he did was was absolutely amazing. I mean, that whole foundation has grown, and it, it's super cool. It's so fun. He gave me props, too. And, like, coming from him, he goes, because I think he, he's got the Can Am, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, I yeah. wouldn't, I couldn't do the 48 and 10 on that on that bike. And I was like, but you just did, uh, like, 100,000 miles or what in that 100 days. Like, I, okay. But I kind of felt a little, like, chip on my shoulder when it came from him for that. I'm like okay good i feel like i'm i'm getting to that level i'm not quite there yet but i've got i need that time <laughs> that is awesome yeah i don't know you, you've done some impressive rides i mean just the the 48 and 8 it just it stands out huge because that's that's not easy by any means i mean none of these rides are easy for you know i mean just doing an iron but some people like there's no way it could ever be done and then you know, people just think it's too much and- 24 yeah. hours i think that's what hopper tried to do too with um i forget his name but they try to do the 1500 each day for 10 days straight and i think they almost got oh yeah him and uh like go that home 15 can. yeah the 1500 yeah. is is brutal and like i tried yeah. to do that within the 24 hour mark for my coast to coast and it was it's hard it's a hard deal to do so i feel like that coast to coast ride was even harder than the 48 and 10 but because you kind of you're lower on your mileage and you have a little bit more leeway. So. Yeah. I think they were trying to do, was it the, the 1500, the bun burner, 1500, 10 consecutive mm-hmm. days. Yep. Cause somebody had done and completed that. I don't remember what, when time frame, but they wanted to, they wanted to beat his time, but they ran into ice and snow, I believe. So. Well, I guess there's already somebody he hasn't set out, but there's a ride in the works to beat. Chris is hundred and hundred. Somebody's has got a plan and works. Yeah, because I guess <laughs> I believe he's been in contact with Chris and he's like, you know, he goes, awesome. He goes, I just hope you know in the hundred mm-hmm. day he gives me a call and I can go ride yeah. with him when he beats it. That's fantastic. That's a good mindset. Like oh yeah, and which was cool because I know I think the other record was like forty eight, mm-hmm. and I can't remember the guy's name. And he went and met up with him on that day, and they rode together for that day. Oh, which cool. you know that's that's just so cool the the camaraderie within Absolutely. the motorcycle community, the long you know even the, the long distance riders, and mm-hmm. it's it's awesome. It's a great community to all to be part of. It's a different type of breed compared to just somebody out in the streets. You like you're riding for how long in a day? Like I don't even do that in my car. And like you find these people and you're instantly connected in one way. And like even when you hit that like long distance part of it too, you're in even a more of a close knit type group and you're like instant friendships. I remember when I did my I've done one and I think it's I hit around the 750 mile mark and I was coming down through the panhandle of Idaho. I was getting sunset and 
Mm-hmm. It was just the views were amazing. And you could, you know, look down at my at Google Maps, I had going on my phone, and, you know, the clock's going backwards. It's like, heck yeah, I'm, you know, 200 miles out and like two and a half hours. And like, you get that second wind. And you're ready. I think the last 250 miles I enjoyed so much. It was just the adventure. Your heart's going, it's like, you know what? I'm going to can accomplish this. And it was one of those mm-hmm. goals I set out. It's like, I've always wanted to do it, but can I do I have it mentally and physically can I you know complete this and oh I I'm I can't wait to do another one it was like yep. oh this you can is either go awesome. one way or the other way there's people yeah. that will never do it again but somehow they get wrapped into it and have to do it like there's an individual that um I follow goes yeah I did one and I was done but some one of my friends wanted to do another iron butt and here I am again like this is I'm doing the saddle sore so it's either you get roped into it or you're just completely <clears throat> obsessed and want to it is. It was, you know, years ago, probably seven, eight years ago, I was talking to my dad. I know I've mentioned this one before. So, you know, tell him, mm-hmm. hey, I want to go do an iron, but he's like, that is so stupid. And, you know, he just, why would you want to do that? It's just too long and just, you know, ridiculing me. And it was two, three months later, I was up at dad's house. We're working in the garage. He's like, hey, did you see my new license plate frame over there? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Look at his bike. There's his IBA plate. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, yeah, me and so-and-so, a couple of us, we decided to go do an iron, but, you know, last, or, you know, I think it had been two weeks prior. I'm like you're that's a dick. Awesome. You ridicule awesome. me. Oh, that's stupid. Why did you want to do it? And then he takes off. I'm like, he said that's standard, though. That's that's what. Oh I yeah. Did, so. He just had to get it first. Yep. <laughs> Too funny. Oh, man. But I know, like him, he, he's like, no, nah, I won't, won't do another one. He goes, but I did it once, and he goes, I can say I did it, and he goes, oh, I'm happy with it. He goes, mm-hmm. we had a good time. He goes, but yeah, it's just you know not his style and not for him, which. Which is true. It's, you know, that style of riding and that distance isn't, isn't for everybody, but no. for those like it, if you do one and if you enjoy it, you understand and you, you feel it, why it gets so addicting. Absolutely. And I love it because it's more of like a mental game than anything else. And like, I love the challenge of having to plan and create a route that you're comfortable with it. You know, you can be mm-hmm. able to do. And then whatever throws, like whatever weather or other conditions get thrown your way too, and see what you're like capable of for my 48 and 10, that second day was 10, 12 hours straight of just downpour torrential rain. It was very hard just to go through all of that and all the small States that I had to stop at. But then I hit 117 degree weather out in needles california two or three days later so it's just it's crazy the type of and i think even uh wildflowers out in arizona so all of these things that i just had never expected just enjoying like ideally i would love a perfect perfect day to ride and to ride from sun sun up to sundown like that that if i had the chance to do it right now and someone gave me the option, like kids were taken care of, I would do it in a heartbeat without anything. But just to see the type of weather and what you're built and what you're mentally, um, mentally able to overcome, it's I get I get addicted just to that part of it to see. Okay, what else? What else can I do? What else can I push myself for? Now, what uh, like mapping program? Do you do you just mainly use like Google Maps when you're studying and looking Maps. at everything? Mm-hmm. Yep. Google is my friend for that sake. So I had it down to every single gas station. And then I planned it out. Like I had such and such time to stay at that gas station. I had to be at the next one at this certain time. So like it was more for my sake. So I knew exactly when to expect and what to stay on track. And if I was ahead of great. And if I was behind, well, that's where the anxiety kind of built up, but at least for my sake, I knew. And then also for Harley corporate, like I could share them, like, this is my route. This is planned out to a T and they could see my spot wallet route of where I was too. So, yeah. I'm, How much 
I don't want to say a like type A, but when it comes to that, like <laughs> you gotta be, because it gives you peace of mind. It gives your like at least my family a peace of mind too that they oh, yeah. they know everything is all planned out. So yeah. How Less much time that. do you think you spent probably planning that? You know, going over all the maps. I can, I mean, I spent hours and hours just doing planning a thousand mile road. I can't imagine doing the whole United States trying to figure everything out. The idea came to me in January of 2021 and I <clears throat> had pretty much a route planned out, but not a bike, but I needed a bike to know like my mileage and where like officially kind of lay things out. And that didn't officially kind of come to fruition until about March, April. So I had about a couple months to really, uh, sit on it. And it was almost too much time because then you start, start second guessing yourself. You're like, Oh shoot, should I, is there an easier way to go through this way to avoid traffic and freaking New York city probably would have been better than anything. But like those things, it's almost, you could start rethinking your route and you just kind of have to ride what you had planned out. So, yeah. yeah. Did you reach out to like any of the other long distance riders for advice or anybody that done it before? Did you just kind of say, I'm just going to do this my way and go. Um, she didn't reach out to me. That's all. I <laughs> you She's were like, I heard you crush it to Starbucks in the morning. I'm like, I don't want to brag, but you know. Um. Yes, there was one individual that um she had done it last year, and but as far as like, I felt more. I don't know. Want to say like, because I didn't really know too many um from the male side of it, but as far as female ones, like I knew there is one individual that had shared on the Iron Butt Association that she had done it. So I reached out to her, but also just like kind of creating my own route. Like I based it off of some things from Google and what the Iron Butt people had shared from when they had completed it, but I just went off of my gut and. Mm -hmm planned it out that way so it was more of a verification like oh yep all right this might be the best option or this might be the best way or i did things a little bit differently too because some could start on one end and end at the completely other end of the country but still have to go back i wanted to do a full loop so that i had extra like that time but also i wasn't too far away from my family as well so yeah but we're looking at the Iron Butt Association records. Like they don't say whether they're male or female, but there's only been 15 up until the point of when I completed it, 15, 16 females that have actually done the ride, ride themselves. After I had done mine within, I think it was two or three weeks. I wish I would have known that these individuals were doing it, but there's a group, I believe out in Florida area could be wrong about 16 females that actually did the 48 states in 10 days they did it more of like the Bessie Stringfield Springfield Stringfield um ride so there were 16 women that all rode the 48 states and like they did them in groups I think there was like four four or six individuals that rode and did the whole 48 states in 10 days and I would have loved loved oh, to be with them crazy. to ride that they just did the ride That'd around Texas cool. too so I was like ah oh, I just read about that when I saw that. I think this morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did the rat. I think uh, three days. Yeah. yeah. So that those individuals did the forty-eight states in ten days. I think they did it in not eight or nine as well. But just about a week or two after I completed mine, which is so cool to almost like double the numbers for females to go. So when you look into that forty-eight and ten list, you're gonna see them all listed. That's awesome. Super cool. Yeah, it gets me excited because that makes me happy. <laughs> So how'd you get the, the deal with Harley when you were able to get the Pan American? Uh, so it was thankfully to social media connected with one of the PR Sweet. individuals and um, 
I being from Wisconsin and being down at the museum and corporate, mm -hmm. there's a lot of context down there. So that's where it's, I think it was in my benefit to be in Wisconsin. Nice. <laughs> do this. Um, but timing wise, they were releasing the bike pretty much right around the same time frame as when I was going to start my route. So it was almost like a perfect fit. It felt like, like I could have taken any other bike, but with this being a completely new bike and I, yes, I get that it's more dirt oriented, but just to say you can push it to the limits as far as highway mileage and riding for that long, it has another, another step up to the bike. So yeah, it kind of, it just worked out well very well wait it's an adventure bike and you took it on one hell of an adventure mm -hmm. yep but it was strictly all highway highway riding <laughs> there wasn't a second dirt unless i was in a really put on <laughs> gas station <laughs> which kind of sucks like i wish i would have had the opportunity to but contract wise like that's where i didn't have the wheels <laughs> or the tires for it so yeah just let it go this well that's a big risk too for them because it's a that was at that point really an untested bike yeah, and a very hard to come by bike too. It was very limited as far as what they had for like demo rides and all of that. So I was I was thankful that they were able to provide one for me for. Now let's say in the hypothetical, if they came out with a smaller one, would you would you want that or would you want the size you had? Um, I'd have to try it to really know. Um, but there's parts of it, yes. Like I wish I could have like a full fairing and like not be as like thrown around by 40 mile an hour winds and semis. Like it, but you, I'm used to that riding my sporty anyway. So it, I don't think twice about it. But there's certain things that I would like, but would like to change too. So yeah, yeah, because because yeah. from what I because I had a um, I had a KLR 650 with the Pioneers mm -hmm. and the top box, and it was great because it was a it was a great bike, but it was a one-up bike. But that, that once you go into that twelve hundred size with a bike that big, it just seems like you could do anything. And it's so yes. tempting. It's like, it oh, I could do it anything is. with this. <laughs> I know that's where, uh, as much as I would love that to be like my second bike as an option for just straight rallying, <laughs> is like I want something that I can cart the kiddos on in the back and bring them to school. And like putting them on the Pan Am would be like. Uh, please don't have any squirrel moments and they'd be falling off. The side. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know if I would want to ride two up with my husband on it. Like, ah, it's probably a possibility, but that's just strictly a, that would be a rally bike for me for sure. I would put the miles on. Now, do you make the husband ride on back now? Do you just throw See, him on the back? This is one thing that's like, has been set <laughs> in stone that he will not like, he won't ride on the back. Like it's not happening. It's not happening at all. Like, even if I were, and whenever I get a touring style bike, like he will be, he will be in the front seat, like, or in the front. Um, maybe I can like kind of into it. Like we went to Universal Studios and we did the Hagrid's ride, the motorcycle ride. Mm -hmm. So I was like, nope, I am, I'm riding, you're riding in sidecar. Like this is, this is it. And I was just bound and determined. So maybe, maybe I'll get him on the back of it eventually, but it will be very hard to do that. <laughs> to talk to you have to somehow like hide a GoPro in your hair back there. So lens <laughs> just peeks out. So you get footage of him on the back. <laughs> I did. I had to get the photo of the Hagrid's ride too. Cause I was like, he's in the sidecar. I like, I need proof of this. I'm like, at least there's something that I have that I was be like, see, you've done this. Like it, it would be just fine for you riding on the back. But yeah, I don't know if that's just one, one non-negotiable for his sake. So, you know, <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> So what do you think your dream ride would be, whether if you want to include, you know, the motorcycle or and or destination? Oh, I would go um, 
the entire country. Like if I could ride from like start here and somehow go all the way through every single country or somehow make it work and go around the world, that would be incredible to do. I would, I would love that. But that wasn't even an option in 2020 or barely 2021. So eventually yeah. I'll get to that point that maybe things will open up in a way that I could be able to do it. But that would be kind of a lifelong dream for sure. If not, I'll just continue to ride all of the United States into uh, Canada and Mexico and go even further if I can. So, yeah. I would like to get up to Canada to Banff. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, with all of us, I mean, social media, see all the pictures, but you know, it's never the same as seeing it through your eyes. But man, it just looks freaking it gorgeous looks up there. It looks incredible. I know. And same with Alaska too. Like I need a full like week just to go explore up there too. Like I, there's so much. That'd be uh, so much fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It would be. Yep. Time me up. I just need the days off and the kids taken care of. And I will be <laughs> gone in a heartbeat. <laughs> if anybody wants to send a free bike, please do so. Yeah. So That's what do you think the, is the most, the worst experience you've had riding on two wheels? Oh, that 50, like 50 CC coast to coast. Like I pushed myself way too far into being overtired and not really having the greatest start to it. And then trying to ride 1500 miles in 24 hours. I could have, I could have made it, but I got to that last hour or two and I was just, I was going off of. I don't even know how long like of sleep that I couldn't, I couldn't function. I needed to stop. I needed to stop at gas stations and get like five or 10 minutes of sleep. So like the struggle of like being safety, like being capable of riding, but not pushing yourself so far that you don't even remember the last 30, 40 miles that you just did. So like, that was very hard. And then you add the coldness to it and uh, a bike that just wasn't fit for me. That was one of the hardest things. And it put me in a lot of uh, like a mental space that I just wasn't used to. But mm -hmm. I'm glad that I was able to understand that I don't want to get to that point again ever. But I know where my limits kind of stand as far as it goes. But you push almost too far and you're risking a lot of other well so let's say for the average person right that that wants to try long distance riding and i'm not i'll put it in the context of maybe perhaps not your long distance riding but what what would be a good goal for them to set out i'd say like so whatever you're comfortable with put mm -hmm. like at the next like 30 like 30 minutes or 30 miles or whatever that marker is like go, okay. just go outside of that boundary and then go even farther so like i did a lot of rustic roads here in wisconsin they're mm -hmm. Um, these gravel off the beaten track ones, but they're all throughout the state. So I would take a full day and just keep riding and realize that I was pretty much in the Northwoods by the, um, by the afternoon. I was like, Oh shoot, I gotta get back home to the kids. Like I only have a certain time frame. So knowing like your limits of where you're comfortable with and kind of just pushing it just a little bit farther out of that range. And that's where you kind of don't know until you try almost. So sure. Yeah, it's a good point. It's hard to say because you can't really put it into numbers because each every person has their own max max out. But if you want to see if you can something you're interested in, just take it a little step further. Yeah, the reason I ask is because just to that, like I've mm -hmm. I've well not quite close to doing a hundred, you know, a thousand mm -hmm. in a day, but yeah. 
I find that everyone thinks that, oh, you have to do that for that milestone. And I get it. I totally get it. But I was just curious, like, what the advice you'd give to somebody that wants to even start, you know? Yeah. And that's a good advice. Take what you've done the max and push it a little bit further, but don't kill yourself because mm -hmm. we all know or you, you just need one squirrel moment and it's it's all over. Or you jump into it because, like, I second guess myself as far as this 48 and 10. Like, I only did the Saddle Store 1000. That was it. That's all I had under my belt. And so there was people second guessing, like, you should do something smaller. Like, this is not something you should consider right now. But I was like, I asked well, Wendy was the person that I reached out to, and I was like, just like, don't get it in your mind. If like you think you're capable of doing the 4810, do it. Like there's nothing else stopping you or shouldn't stop you from doing that. So if you feel like you're capable of doing that thousand miles and you want to try to do it, like go out and do it. Think you can do more? Go and do more. <laughs> like, it's possible. It's possible. There's a lot of people that have done crazier mileage in a day's mark. So so what's your favorite piece of gear that you like that you take with you or something you've got for riding that it just always goes with you? My go-to is, so I've, I've tried so many two-piece Gore-Tex suits. Like I, if I'm going out riding and I don't know what to expect and I'm in different parts of the country, I have a one-piece Gore-Tex climb suit that's super comfortable. It's kind of like just beefy and boxy, but like it is what it is. But like it went through the 117 degree weather. I was hot. Like it was not the best, but it is what it is. But it kept me completely dry for the 12 hours. I got downpoured rain on and everything else like that. It was my go-to for the um, coast to coast in January in the winter time frame when I had the heated gear on underneath. Like if I know that I'm not going to get completely soaked to the bone, that's like my, that's my one piece that would probably go with me. It's just, it's very big. And like, it would take up an entire checked bag. And that's pretty much what, what will be in my uh, checked bag for the Heart of Texas rally. But that's my go-to is anything Gore-Tex. So gloves, boots, and my whole one-piece climb suit. So, yeah. Well, I've noticed a, a lot of people going to the climb gear now. I, mm -hmm. I notice a lot more, you know, you see, you know, the jackets and everything. And I haven't tried them yet. Or I don't even know if I've seen stuff around here in the Northwest of theirs, but I've been noticing a lot more people using it yeah i have the revit as well so when harley and revit did the collaboration um for the pan am and for the adventure year i was gifted the jacket by corporate but i also found the pants as well but the thing with that one is it's not 100 percent gore-tex on the outside like you have to wear a rain liner on the inside of your jacket so if it's raining you have to take the jacket off put the rain liner on then put the jacket so like not having to even think about that and if the weather hits like all right, let's just keep riding. So yeah, that's the part where it kind of sold me on is that I don't have to do anything. Like I can just keep riding and it won't concern me at all. So there's a Harley joke in there that they sent you the jacket, not the pants. Even they're clear. They can't send you the whole package. You got to build it out. Come I on. people! I found it though at a dealership. It was like on clearance, like 70% off. And it was like, I got to get this because oh, like, yeah, for that price. now for that. But yeah, it was that's funny. That's but I know Revit stuff is really great too. It just depends on the fit and style of it's more European style. So you're mm -hmm. either going to fit it or you're not. But that climb one is, it's a men's like or kind of unisex. I was going to look at oh, arrow stitch, like a lot of long distance ride, riders ride um, with arrow stitches up in Duluth, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. But the timing, because of everything in 2021, they weren't able to get 
the type of like the look of the suit that I wanted to within the mark before my 48 and 10. So I couldn't go that direction and Klein had one already available. But I know that there's this Gore-Tex outline, outline as well and people um, nice. buy that. And yeah, so eventually I'll look into it, but I've got <laughs> quite the investment into that Klein suit. I'm getting my money's worth out of it. So oh, yeah. <laughs> oh there you go. <laughs> hey, you got one that works. So you know what? Mm -hmm. It's comfortable. You like it. So go with it. Yep, it's got all the um, armor in the shoulders, back, elbows, knees, the whole nine yards. So that's awesome. I still have the old Joe Rocket, the ballistic 4.0 touring coat and the pants. Mm -hmm. God, I think I've had those now for actually when I went on my first trip. So that was 2000. So I've had it for 21 years. It is getting quite faded. Sun bleached the black. It's got that kind red gray tint yep. to it. But yeah. But no, it's been, I mean, it's been a great coat. I can't complain. I mean, I've got my use out of it well beyond what I thought I would. For sure. But for long distance, like that's my go-to. If I'm going to ride anything longer than a day trip for 500 miles or something like that, that's, that's what I'll be riding in. Yep. Interesting. So, so if you could give one piece of advice to somebody that's wanting to get into, you know, adventure riding or and doing, you know, the distance like, you know, you enjoy what would be, you know, your one piece of advice for somebody new that wants to jump into pushing themselves farther? Take a full weekend and try. Like I gave myself a two day buffer for my first saddle sore. Like I knew the kids were taken care of. Everything was crossed off the list. So like I didn't have anything else to, to do. So if you've got the time to do it and you've got the opportunity, even if it's just one weekend, because it doesn't have to be multiple days. Like I had the two days and that was it. So if you go out and try and see if it's something you can do, I'd say the sooner the better because you're going to either know one way or the other way if you're going to like it. But yeah. Right. Awesome. Don't second guess yourself. Just do it. That's what I would say. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And it is. It's it's fun to see, you know, it's like I said, don't second guess yourself. If you if you can try, then try it. Mm -hmm. you know, you're What's the worst thing Really? Yeah. You yes, say, okay, but... well, you know what? I, I've had enough. I, you know, it's just not my thing. Or you're going to get there and say, man, this was awesome. Yep. And even if it doesn't work out, take the day and take the afternoon and then enjoy the ride back because you have a full other day too. Very true. That's a, you know, very good aspect when you look, especially if you got the weekend two days and either have fun, either way, have fun, I guess. You will. Really. You will. Yeah. Right. Sure. Well, thanks so much for coming on. This has been a blast. I mean, I've been looking forward to this and, it's a lot of fun hearing, you know, these type of adventures when you look at, you know, the stuff you've done and just being able to share these adventures with more people and, and, and share your story. Absolutely. That's kind of why I, it's more of sharing and keeping from my sake, like for my um, social media, my YouTube channel, like just to have something to look back on and remember. And, but also just just share inspiration for others that are looking to, to get into the sport too. Cause it's only been about two years for me and I wish I would have done it like, Right when we started, got on the bike, like it, it would be crazy to see where I'd be at now compared to then. But at least it started. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. So, so go ahead, and, you know, let everybody know where they can follow your adventures, and you know, go ahead and plug your channels. Um, so Whit Mesa on Instagram, and the same for YouTube. So pretty easy, just the two channels. Yeah. I've been kind of took a back burner on the YouTube thing for a little bit, but I've got so much in the works, just sitting on my hard drive that I need to edit. I just i'd rather be doing this <laughs> than anything else so there's that <laughs> no, eventually i'll get there yeah. yeah thank you so much for you know taking yeah. time i know you got your little ones are out there 
playing, trying to be good and whatnot. But thank you very much for taking time out of <laughs> out of your night. And also, like we said earlier, you know, thank your husband from us for his yes. service to our country. Absolutely. Thank you for being a positive role model. I mean, yeah. you're you've there set you the bar for positivity. Perfect. That's what I need. And just <laughs> I appreciate you don't you know shaming me when I ride to Starbucks, you know. No. <laughs> so I go right, for donuts everybody. every day if I could. <laughs> Have fun, guys. Thanks so much. uh, Everybody enjoy the open road. See ya. Thank you.